Welcome to the Million Dollar Peace Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Roldan, and I help people build peaceful million and multi-million dollar businesses all day. I'm an Eurekan that ran a multiple six-figure funnel agency before becoming a million dollar business coach. I support coaches, service providers, and agency owners inside my two programs, Million Dollar Email and Million Dollar CEO, where I've enrolled hundreds of clients exclusively through email with a list below a thousand subscribers and a lean team of just contractors. I'm able to take off from my business for months at a time without operations, delivery, or sales stopping. People are shocked by how much we do with such little stress, payroll, and social media. I'm on a mission to eliminate burnout from the industry, and I believe we can with the right team systems and mindset. I want more millionaires that aren't overworked and stressed. I want you to have peace. And that starts at the side hustle, six-figure, and multiple six-figure levels. Around here, we believe no peace means no growth, and we've got work to do. So let's dive in. Hello, Peaceful Millionaires. I'm really excited for this episode because I'm going to be super transparent about the team systems and mindset work I am doing as I scale. So I have a three-year goal of hitting $5 million in a year. And as I always say, when it comes to scaling, it becomes all team system and mindset work. And there are two things that happened recently that made me laugh because I was like, oh my goodness, I sound like my clients. I tell my clients all the time, this is not one and done work. You don't just get your team and systems together and you're done. Your entire team and systems could be changing every quarter, depending how fast you're growing. And so your team systems and mindset work shows a different face at every level. So I think this episode will be so helpful for you because it shows you that this work is never done. And I even have team and systems work that I'm continuing to do. And it may even sound like you. In this episode, I'm going to go over how my mindset completely stopped my content systems from working and how I lost money in the process and how my mindset completely stopped my hiring process from working and how I ended up complicating my CEO schedule and how it kept me from improving my curriculum and my client results in the process. So let's start with content systems. So I had a system for content and this is really good for you all to hear because it's so interesting when I was writing out this episode, how you can have all the systems in the world, but your mindset will stop them from doing anything for you. So I think this is like just fascinating, but I had a system for content that included a few steps. So having my team repurpose content from previous launch emails and then switch out the CTA to be relevant for the current launch. So basically they would go to a previous launch, they would uh, repurpose those emails and then just swap the CTA for whatever we were currently promoting. So they did that. That was step one. Step two, have me review the content and approve it to be sent to design. Step three, have my team send it to the design team. And then step four, have the design sent back to me for approval. And then step five, have my team schedule it out. Sounds fair enough, right? We never got content consistently out. And when we did, it would be super rushed. We were like, okay, we're about to launch. We got to get content out, right? And it would all be done like within the week. My team would do the work to repurpose my content. And once we got to the second step for it to be approved by me, I didn't approve any of it. 
because my thought was that my strategy is going to completely change once we get closer to the launch. So, you know, we would always try to be a month ahead of schedule. And as a result, I was always like, well, when we get closer to the launch, like things are going to totally change. So what if none of this works? Then I would tell myself I'd have to rework it. But every time I put it on my to-do list and sat down to do it, the same thought would come up. This is all going to change and it won't be strong enough. And it's so interesting because usually I have to coach my clients on not liking how their team repurposes content. Like they don't like the way they do it. They don't like what they come up with, whatever. But I had no issue with that. I had no issue with that. It was that I felt like it wouldn't be as strategic as it could be because things are going to change because as, you know, we put, uh, you know, as we get emails out there, for example, I might get, you know, feedback and realizing, oh, people have this objection. We need to lean more that way. Or people have this thought. We need to lean more that way, et cetera. And so that was stopping me from getting any content out. So then my team said, okay, let's try to, to avoid doing all this work just for it not to get out. Let's take out one step. Let's send it to straight to design and then have her approve it. So let's only have her approve it once. Still didn't work. The same thoughts came up. I would be looking at the designs and all the content and I'd be like, all of this is going to change. So not only was I wasting payroll hours, but then I realized I was losing money. How? So I did a backend launch for Million Dollar CEO where I only marketed to million dollar emailers. I told my team not to do any forward-facing content because we're only enrolling on the back end. And it wasn't until the middle of the launch that I wished I had content going out that just di- either didn't have a CTA at all uh, and was just, you know, like out there uh educating or engaging, whatever, or that had a CTA driving them to a wait list for, you know, when I had my public launch coming up. So I realized that if I had content going out, there would still be a place to educate, handle objections, and share client wins. And I would have signed more clients on the back end had I had something still happening on the front end, right? So, you know, again, just to recap, I was doing a back end launch where I was only uh, promoting million dollar CEO to million dollar emailers and I had nothing on the front end going. That sounds like it would be a good idea, but I realized I was like, oh, I wish I had that space, right? Because I was only able to sell through my podcast, through the, uh, through my emails and through the webinar, which is plenty. But I was like, oh, it would have been great to also have an additional place to like share client wins, handle objections, educate on my philosophies and things like that. So that for the people that were considering on the back end, if they were to come to my social or they were to go to wherever, even my podcast, uh, because I ended up like not doing much on my podcast either at that time. They had an additional touch point in place to like get their questions answered. And so I realized that in the middle of the launch. And so another thing is I could have been growing a wait list for the public launch of million dollar CEO. So I was on the back end and I could have been le- like generating leads on the front end for my public launch, but my brain kept saying, well, I don't know what my webinar is yet. And I'd rather wait until I have that in place. And all that did was slow down my lead generation for the public launch. When really I could have just had a wait list going and promoted the webinar to them later on. That's what I always do. Whenever I start a wait list and then I, and this goes for anyone that, you know, maybe this is helpful to you. This is actually a question we get a lot in million dollar email. Whenever I start a wait list and then I decide to do like something else later on, such as a webinar, 
I just tell my waitlisters to join the webinar and it's really that simple. I could have just done that. <laughs> but another way my mindset hindered my content systems during the backend launch is that I was only selling to people who signed up for my webinar rather than my entire active clients list because I had the thought a backend launch is different than a public launch when really that just kept me from signing more clients. So here's what I mean. In a normal launch, right? In a normal launch, you are selling to, let's say, your webinar subscribers for a set period of time, and then you open it up to your entire email list. For me, I was like, oh no, that's different when it's back end. (laughs) My brain does gymnastics whenever I launch. It's so funny. And so I was like, oh no, like it's different because it's on the back end. And so we're only going to be selling the entire time to people that signed up for the webinar. And that just stopped me from signing more clients, right? So to recap, the thought, I want to make sure my content is strategic, had me adding two rounds of revisions in my content process that had me paying for my team to do content just for it not to go out at all. And the thought, my strategy is going to change. So we need to wait until I know exactly what it is. Stop me from selling more in my backend launch and doing lead generation for my public launch. And the thought, a backend launch is different than a public launch, had me selling to less people and decreasing my conversion opportunities. Which, by the way, all of this also impacted my podcast content systems too, because I was so worried about my strategy changing and needing to update my content plan. It kept me from putting anything new out and delayed our podcast promotions as well. And you know the crazy part? I exceeded my goal in the back end launch. Like I exceeded my goal, but hitting the goal doesn't matter. I know how to hit my goals, but I want to be able to set bigger ones. And in order to do that, I needed to clean this up. So what are my solutions? All right. I realized that even if my strategy were to change, like I figured out new objections to answer or new ways of saying something or more unique ideas, my current strategy is still enough and it's not bad or wrong. So instead of stopping my content completely, instead, I now just add to it. Like, oh, the strategy is going to change. When that happens, I'll add in more content. I'll do bonus podcasts. I'll do bonus emails or whatever. This is really important because sometimes you'll get new coaching or new ideas and you'll think your original ones are totally wrong when that's not the case. And then you throw off all your systems, right? Another thing is I learned that a backend launch is not different than a public launch other than it's not made public yet. (laughs) I learned that front-end content can help you on the back-end and for your future launch. So in the future, I'm going to treat my back-end launches just like I would any other launch, and I'm going to generate leads for the public launch at the same time. From there, I updated my content process completely. I have taken out all revisions from me because now my thought truly is bad content is better than no content. My team has revamped our content process and we've been getting content out consistently again because I'm like, it just has to get out, right? And that's all that matters. I also updated my podcast process to remove me from it completely. I would still write my email promo because I wanted it to be written in a specific way. But again, bad content is better than no content. So I released that completely. Now I have touchless content that generates leads and sales for me. I've gotten more subscribers faster than ever in my recent webinar because of this, because I let my systems work. 
even when my brain was like, but this is bad, but this isn't good, but this isn't as strategic. Systems are there for a reason. Just you letting them work. That's my biggest lesson is like, oh, I set up these systems for a reason and I'm not letting them work. So they're not working. If I just let them work, no matter what my thoughts are about it, they will work. If I see content that I think is bad in terms of the post itself and how it was done, and I want to approve it for next time, I give feedback on our next team meeting about it. So I don't do it in the process. I just let the post send. And then if I see it and I'm like, oh, I don't really like how they did this or that, I'll just give them feedback on my next team meeting about it. But I won't stop the process, right? The process will go and then I'll give feedback after. All right, we aren't done. (laughs) Let's now talk about how my mindset completely stopped my hiring process from working and how I almost complicated my CEO schedule as a result and how it kept me from working on curriculum and improving my client results. So I have a proven two-week hiring system that works every time. I decided to hire a coach for a million-dollar CEO, and I got all these applications from highly qualified people. Sounds like the dream, right? I thought I had no one, and I had to redo the entire process again. I sent a few people through the test project round and no one landed for me. So I threw out the entire pool of applications. Why did I do that? I wasn't minding my business. So I have a concept I've been teaching for years about minding your business. I say this in both million dollar email and million dollar CEO. In million dollar email, this can look like, you know, not assuming your clients can't afford it because whatever of whatever you think right? Like, oh, they can't afford it because X, Y, Z. I always say, mind your business, like get out of their pocket, mind your business. I say that all the time. And in million dollar CEO, it can look like when team members, you know, will kind of casually say things like, I need this role to pay my bills, or, um, you know, I want this role because it's flexible and I'm a parent and my clients will tend to have negative thoughts about that. Like, oh no, they won't be able to, you know, be there when I need them or, oh no, like I'm, they think I'm responsible for their bills and that, 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 right. And I'm always like, whenever they say something like that, just mind your business. Like, oh, just say, that's not my business, right? I need this role to pay my bills. Okay. That's not my business, right? That That's your business. That's not my business. Or like, I want this role because it's flexible and I'm a parent or I'm a student or whatever. And it's like, oh, that's not my business, right? Only focus on what you are looking for in the role. Okay. So whatever else. And I always say, instead of having negative thoughts about it, just mind your business. That's not your business. So I was not minding my business. (laughs) Not minding my business. I got applications that seemed perfect, but then they'd say one thing that I didn't like for whatever reason. Like one of them had said, you know, I quit my agency because it was taking all my time. And it was like a super successful agency, but they were like, oh, I quit it because it was taking all my time. And I was like, oh no, we can't have a coach that thinks like that when they were perfect. Otherwise, they just have a little thought about their agency. Who cares? Every agency does, every agency owner does. If anything, they can relate more to my clients, right? Or another application had said, you know, my coaching business hasn't been super successful, but, and the same thing, I was like, oh no, you can't have that thought. Like you have to be, you know, you have to like, basically I was seeing people's mindset in their applications and I didn't like it. (laughs) I didn't like it. 
I wasn't minding my business, which made me think I had no qualified applicants, even though they were all highly qualified. So even though this was like written on the page, someone could easily, and as I literally have hired coaches where we're on a call or team members in general, where we're on the final call to like invite them to be hired. And they've said a few things that have been like, oh, like, all right, that's, that's, that's a mindset thing. Okay. That's this, that's that, you know, whatever. And I've just been like, ah, not my business. But for some reason, at this first step, I didn't, I didn't like it, right? I wasn't minding my business. And so, you know, I thought I had all these qualified applicants, but I was like, oh no, I don't have any, right? So I realized that and was like, okay, if you were minding your business, who would you choose? But then my brain was like, well, it has to be a solid option because it takes a lot for the team to get a group of current clients scheduled for the test project. So I just added more pressure. Basically, I have a test project where we get a group of clients together and and the the applicant coaches the clients uh, as a test. And I'm like, you know, it's not easy for my team to get a group of clients together, get them all on the same schedule, all all those things. And they always do it. But I was just like, "Uh, I don't want, I also don't want to put my clients through that. Like, because we've been reaching out to uh, some of the same clients. So I'm like, I also don't want to put my clients through that, et cetera. So I was just adding all this pressure. I'm like, oh, that has to be really good options. I haven't even mentioned that because I thought I had no qualified applicants that I decided to push hiring until a month or two later. This decision then started complicating my calendar and my coaching systems because I wanted more time to work on my curriculum, but I was like, I need to be available for these calls. Otherwise we have to organize guest coaches. And so then I was like, okay, I'll change my entire schedule to make myself available and add more curriculum building time rather than just hiring and making myself optional. So my entire schedule didn't have to be uprooted for no reason. (laughs) All right. There's a lot here. So to recap, (laughs) the thought there are no good applicants because people are putting their mindset in their applications stopped me from hiring a necessary team member and kept me from working on my curriculum without having to uproot my calendar. And the thought, I don't want to waste my client's time had me adding pressure to the hiring process rather than just solving for my concerns with a simple update to my process. So here are my solutions. There's a step that is already included in my hiring process that needed to be a a requirement rather than optional, which is the coaching video. So I realized last round that I didn't have examples of coaching videos from people because I made it optional on the application form rather than required. And the reason why I did that is because I was like, well, I want them to submit a video on like people would submit videos, but it would, it would not be on team systems or mindset, obviously. And so for me, I was like, I can't really gauge how they necessarily, you know, can, can coach on those things. And so that's why I made it optional. And I more so was looking at how do they hold the room? How do they, how do they lead the room, et cetera. But I still didn't feel like it was, you know, exactly what I, uh, like in, enough for me to evaluate And so I needed that though, to effectively filter who goes to the final round of the test project without having to schedule a bunch of more rounds with my, you know, where they're coaching live, my current clients. So we added that one simple step, that one simple step, we made that coaching video required (laughs) to filter people to the next step. Okay. I minded my business and found a bunch of people that I could move to the next phase without having to redo the process. I literally was like, oh, if I were completely minding my business, if I wasn't picking apart this application, what would I do? 
Now I'll have the support to be able to work on my curriculum and deliver a ton of new content to the program. Do you see how much your mindset impacts your team and systems and how much it impacts your money and your peace? A lot of times people ask me like, what, why do you add the mindset, the team systems and mindset? Like what kind of mindset coaching do do you cover inside Million Dollar CEO? And it's stuff like this. It's the mindset work that keeps you stuck like this. The $5 million version of myself does not have time to not trust my strategy, to pick apart my content and pick apart my applications. My word of this year is move and I need to keep it moving. So do you. (laughs) So I hope this was helpful. I hope this was helpful for you to see, you know, the things that I'm working on in my business and how even my mindset has impacted my systems, how I work to improve them, right? And this is definitely something that you can be applying in your business at any level you're at, right? At any level you're at, if if you have similar thoughts, right? When it comes to your content or when it comes to your hiring, this will help you. 